0: welcome to easy operations episode number 24 my name is ron i am joined this week by james and uh, no mondo this week guys because uh we pulled almost an all-nighter playing destiny 2 we stayed up late uh if you hear me being somewhat low energy this week is because i'm going off of about four hours five hours of sleep and uh we got a lot to talk about about Destiny, but we're going to wait for Mondo's arrival to get into the full-blown discussion. We'll just share our initial impressions as of yet. Uh, but uh, without further ado, let's get right into it. James, uh, it was Labor Day this past weekend. Uh, how you been? What, what you been up to? Uh, I
1: celebrated this weekend by being sick. That's not fun. So <laughs> I'm still recovering. I'm feeling a lot better, but uh, didn't do much this Labor Day. How about yourself?
0: Um, yeah, I ordered a cheese and wine plate. I like to do that occasionally. It was really good. And uh, I went to the Peterson Museum. It's a nice automotive museum. It had been remodeled a few months ago and uh, they had some nice exhibits there. So I got a chance to do that as well. So a good, good restful weekend. And I also got to ride my bike in Long Beach. Uh, nice. Any notable nice. vehicles at the museum? Um, th- what, what I found most interesting is two things. Number one, they have a low rider exhibit. Um, which I don't typically like those cars, but they really were going leaning on the art aspect of it and just the detail in the painting um, that goes on in the craftsmanship in these vehicles. I thought that was very interesting. And then they had a Bugatti exhibit. Um, I love those cars. Something that a lot of people don't know, myself included, was that they're a family of artists. And the brother was a sculptor and they have his artwork on display. And another one of the brother's, was a painter, and they have his artwork on display. So not only do you see the, the vehicles and the cars of Bugatti, but you also see some of the sculpture and artwork of the family. So it's really interesting to see all those things. Interesting. In front of the lowriders, did you take a picture where you're
1: squatted in front of it? <laughs> a little, uh,
0: no, uh, maybe I should have. That would have been hilarious, but no, okay, I, really. did not, I did not <laughs> do that. This uh, so, opportunity. Yeah, so I would say, you know, if you get a chance, if you're in L.A., Go check out this museum. It's, it's it's nice. All right. Well, this week we had a chance to go to the movies. Um, actually, hold on. Let me add something here. My bad. Well, look. Okay. Did, James, question: Did you see uh, Logan Lucky? I have not. Okay. So Mondo and I saw that. We'll wait till next week to discuss that. So a bit of a preview, I guess. This so was only fair. We get two impressions rather than mine on that one, but uh, let's start with you, James. You saw Colossal. What is this?
1: Uh, this is a movie. <coughs> excuse me, with Anne Hathaway and Jason Sudeikis. Um Basically, it revolves around uh, a girl, kind of like a party party goer that lives in New York. Kind of a uh, her life kind of goes downhill when her boyfriend. Uh, breaks up with her, so she goes back to her hometown where Jason Sudeikis is, which is a childhood friend. Um, This sounds like a traditional, just like a rom-com style movie. What makes this uh, unique is that it also involves kaiju. Uh, Kaiju are giant monsters uh, that wreck cities. Uh, For example, Godzilla or the monsters in Pacific Rim. Um, uh, I don't want to spoil too much of things about it, but it's a weird combination that they ended up being Pretty effective. Um, I really like Jason his acting in this. Uh, but definitely give it a shot. I don't want to spoil too much about it. But other than they give it like a traditional rom-com, but it features kaiju. And it's interesting to see how they kind of blend the, the two genres together. Now, is it I being played saying, for laughs?
0: Or is, or is it meant to be taken uh, serious?
1: It's a little dramedy in there. Okay. Um, and uh, like I mentioned, I don't want to spoil anything, but it starts off like a traditional
0: rom-com, but oh. it doesn't necessarily end that way. Interesting. Okay, I might, uh, I might check that out. Um, uh, also, I got a chance. This was uh, available on HBO. I got to see Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. And let me just explain something: is that uh, I'm not a Harry Potter fan. I don't have any, you know, interest in the series. Uh, I fell asleep, most notably when the first movie came out. It was a midnight show and I had worked a long day and I fell asleep. And I never saw any of the subsequent movies. Now, that being said, I enjoyed this movie and I had a blast. And I, I believe it is oh, – oh, okay. I'm looking at the IMDb exhibit or page and it says it's 70 years before Harry Potter. Yeah, it's a prequel. Yeah. So I, I thought this movie was really cool. Great special effects. It's nice, fun Sort of a uh, fantastic movie, pardon the pun here, uh, but, uh, you know, it's just it's about this community of witches and wizards uh, in, in, I guess, the 1930s, 1940s, something like that. And, and they're just living in New York and this, they're kind of known and they're sort of in hiding. And uh, you have these fantastic creatures that kind of get out into the city. And Did this really... excite you for the other series? Or What's the Harry other Potter? one? Oh, Harry Potter. Um, you know what? I'm curious to see it because that's such a big cultural touchstone that I I definitely want to check that out. So, but there's kind of no easy way to find it. Those movies aren't on any streaming service that I know of. And look, I, while I said I'm interested in seeing it, I'm not trying to pay you know the rental fees or whatever okay. or buy the movies. If you, you know. do, just start with
1: the third one and move forward from there. Is that the first, right? two are really, first two are when they're kids and it's very slow, in my opinion. Uh, okay. Three is when it starts to get more mature and adult. Okay.
0: Um, well, yeah. So, I, I highly recommend it. Did you see this movie, James? I did. I wasn't a
1: fan of a specific cameo at the end, though, but it's going to be uh, stuck with... For the rest of the series, so well, I didn't know
0: what cameo that was, so <laughs> it didn't bother me. It was uh, it someone referenced in the in the in the series or something is a character not, from the not Harry not a Potter character, series,
1: but an actor that I'm not that we're, we've talked about previously that uh, he kind of plays the same thing in everything. Uh, Do you want me to say, or uh, it's kind of
0: old now, so it doesn't? I don't think we're spoiling anything. Hold on, hold on. Let me let me just look at the casting really quickly. Um, just give me the actor's name, Johnny Depp. Oh, <laughs> yes. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, slight spoilers, but uh, yeah, I just, yes, he is a l- cartoon character, and this guy just, I I don't like, and it. it really takes you out of it, because all he's doing is just trying to find anything to put weird makeup on, and right. you know, it's right. just right. like, dude, do some regular it. acting, I don't know, <laughs> but uh <laughs> All right, so that's a good movie overall, uh, you know, even even though Johnny Depp uh, makes a little appearance. Johnny Depp didn't ruin it for you. No, he didn't. Um, and next up for me, I just, well, I guess we talked about it last week uh, briefly. It was Defenders. I did complete the third episode, and James, while I agree with you that this does sort of make it a little more interesting, I... I think the show should have started in the third episode. Oh, for reals, yeah. 100%. Um, but I I got a feeling that I'm not going to be enjoying this as much as I did Luke Cage or Daredevil. And uh, it's a shame. And, and I don't know if it's fatigue or if it's just... I'm not getting a good vibe. It just feels really slow and... I don't know. So... I think you just don't like the Iron Fist guy. He bothers you. He does. And uh, by the way, I... I was like, why does this guy never use his Iron Fist? Right? Because I'm not a I'm not a fan of the character. He likes to shake his fist, though. He shakes well, it a lot. Okay. Well, I did some reading on Wikipedia, and apparently to use the actual Iron Fist, it, like, requires all of his energy, and it drains him sometimes for more than a day or two. So I guess that makes sense. Um, I don't know if that was explained in the, uh, in the individual series or not. Was it was, it? but not as detailed. Okay. So, you know, because to me, and when I remember reading him in the comic books, I mean, his hand was lit up all the time. Right. <laughs> well, he did wear a yellow glove, so I mean, it looked lit. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Okay. He was cool. Well, uh, I'm going to continue to watch it because at this point, it's only five episodes. So I want to see where it goes. But, you know, I'm not loving it. It's just, you know, I guess C plus or something like that. <laughs> so far. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. When you finish it, let me know what your overall impressions are. So, yeah. All right. Well, I realized I jumped ahead into the TV shows, but uh, let's talk about American Horror Story uh, cult. Uh, what season are we on in American Horror Story? I forgot the number. I would say maybe six or seven. Okay. Uh, they stopped,
1: I don't think they ever did numbers, but that's where it gets kind of confusing. But this current uh, <coughs> excuse me, this current season is interesting because it's um, usually uh, a, a season is. Um, It's anthology-based where it's a different story with different characters every single time and usually a different theme. This particular season, it's interesting because it's based on uh, the election, the election result, actually, to be specific. So Trump America. Uh, It literally starts with the election footage and uh, him becoming president. And it's pretty much the fears that uh, people, like phobias that have created because of his win, his victor, and it's interesting because it shows both sides, like kind of like the crazy right wing and also the phobic left wing uh, of the group. And it, it's it, it's interesting how they play on that. And also for whatever reason, it involves clowns as well. So I don't know if it's a theme this year because it is also coming up. But so far, interesting. There's only been one episode. And if you're a fan of the series, I highly recommend it. It's already better or started better than the last season. Last season, I personally thought it was the worst, which is Renoak, um, which it was weird. And they tried to do a found footage slash reality series take oh, on the show. Yeah. So I, know, I guess they tried something different, but it, it wasn't. <clears throat> I wasn't a fan of it, in my opinion.
0: Okay, well, um, I'm probably gonna pass on this. I'm not traditionally a horror fan. Um, I was just talking to you know James and Mondo the other day, and well, that's you guys, but <laughs> uh, and I was just explaining that uh, you know. The t- the type of horror that I'm interested in is when it has a really good story attached to it. And it almost becomes more about the story than the horror itself. And I'm thinking of like... Um, well, this upcoming It, I do feel like it's it seems like it's a kid's movie and these kids stumble into something. As opposed to a movie like Saw where it's just about the violence and what kind of gory situations can we put people in. So I'm a little more open to horror when it has a good storyline... And I suppose you could make the argument on these, but, you know, there's too many shows to keep up with these days, so I'll probably pass on this. I feel you. When are we going to watch it, bro? Uh, That comes out this weekend, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I guess Mondo got his movie pass, and you can probably comment on, on how the success that, that's given him so far. I don't know if yours has coming to the mail yet. James has it?
1: Not yet. Hopefully soon.
0: Okay, but, uh, yeah, we'll see when we can get a chance to watch this. Uh, I'll let you know word. And the uh, second thing I caught this week was the reboot of
1: the, <coughs> excuse me, a Disney classic, the Duck, uh, Duck tales. And um, it's voiced by a lot more known figures. Uh, David Tennant specifically does Scrooge. And I thought it was a really good modern take on it. It seems like they captured the spirit of the original show in terms of adventure. They modernized it a lot where the three nephews, uh, Huey, Dewey, and Louie are more individual rather than kind of all being the same type of person. And they even updated their style, of course. They're still the same colors, but, like, one is, like, a a green sweater this time. One is, like, a long sleeve shirt. And uh, they all have different personalities. And it's uh, interesting in that it looks like they're trying to do more crossover. Because in the original show, the only thing... Because technically, they're all related to the other Duck family, I guess, in Disney. For example, Dark Mean Duck and Donald Duck. They're a Shrooge's brothers. And in this one, it's specifically um, detailed, and it seems like Donald, in general, is a main character in the show now. So, uh, if, if you're a fan of the series of like the original series, I would recommend it. But if you're like not into just kiddie stuff, you know, not worth watching. It's more for nostalgia. Um, and how is this available? Uh, I, it's actually they've only released one episode, and they did it free on YouTube. That's it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's because it's uh, they still, I guess creating it and this is just to throw it out there uh give people a taste oh, of the show okay.
0: well i'm interested in that but you know if it's going to be like on disney channel i don't have cable i wouldn't be able to watch it that's why i'm um, unfortunately I have not been able to watch uh, the excellent star wars rebels because it's only on disney xd and there's really no streaming way to get it unless you buy the yeah. whole season
1: speaking of that there's a uh, final season is cut this year so so what would that be anyway, number four number four yeah final one Maybe uh, once it's released,
0: maybe they'll all be on Netflix. Um, you know, we'll see because remember, Disney's trying to take its stuff back. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so... <laughs> did you want me to
1: send you that link to uh, the DuckTales YouTube? It's, about, it's like an hour long.
0: You know what? If I'm not mistaken, I had read that uh, they had put it on Amazon as well. as like a free okay. download. So I might look into it there, but I would be interested in that.
1: Yeah, they uh, they re- of course, they modernized the theme song too, so you get to hear that. Oh, man, did they mess with the classic? No, it's... Uh... It's okay, you know, it's the same song,
0: but not. it's modern, let's say that. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to touch on some light movie news, because this is a big one, uh, in which uh, this week, Lucasfilm has fired Colin Trevorrow as the director of Star Wars Episode IX. Uh This is a movie that was set to release in 2019. This now makes the second, and I guess potentially third Star Wars director that has been fired due to uh, creative differences uh, in the past few, I guess, few years, or not even few years, but just kind of a couple of months. Um, James, what do you make of this?
1: Um, I don't know, man. It's kind of weird. They seemingly hire these directors, um, I'm thinking because they're cheap, because technically this director hasn't really been known to do anything other than Jurassic World, but he was hired for Star Wars even while he was doing Jurassic World, so... I think maybe these studios think they have um, hired them to, not only because they're cheap, but maybe because they can easily mold them into what they're looking for. But uh, what they don't realize is a lot of these, I guess, directors are like from independent backgrounds, so they're used to having freedom and doing things their way. And um, it's it's sad. Um, me, personally, I wasn't a fan of this director anyways, this choice. I was kind of curious because I didn't find Jurassic World that great. Um, Which kind of soured my expectations for episode nine. I was thinking that the studio backing him would make him look better uh, in the result of episode nine. So I had faith in terms of the studio uh, quality assurance. But uh, maybe now, maybe they on their end they figured that it's not work. It's not going to work out even with him. So
0: uh, I don't know. What do? What about you? Well, that's a good point because while I found Jurassic World entertaining. It didn't blow me away. It didn't do anything new. It was nowhere near any of the Jurassic uh, Park movies, the first one specifically. So I guess this is for the best. But, you know, I, I think that the pattern that I'm starting to see here is that they have a very specific way that they want you to do this movie and you cannot apply your own style. I mean, look, this is just me speculating. Because that's what sort of the buzz was around that Han Solo movie is that, you know, this guy wanted to make it something of a comedy and Disney didn't want it that way. And if you kind of bring in your ideas, which is what you theoretically hire these directors to do is kind of put their own spin on it. And then you're going to be really controlling them. And it's just to go to this really tight vision. I don't know. And and it's just impressive how J.J. Abrams was able to sort of get his vision through, but Apparently, no one else can. Um, but right, it's weird, right? Yeah, uh, hitting with the, this coming director for episode eight,
1: Rian Johnson. Um, they seem to give him a lot of leeway too. So maybe they like his vision, or maybe they're just on the same page with things, him and J.J. Abrams. Yeah, so.
0: and uh, he was quoted as saying on Twitter, I would definitely do another Star Wars movie if I had the chance. I love the experience. So things ended well with him. Now, unfortunately, as of when we're uh, Recording this, there has been no replacement set for this movie yet. What, what if it's a crazy plot twists and
1: George Lucas comes back? You no, know, it's so funny
0: because I was I saw Jeff canada tweet that I was like, I just want to throw his name into the hat because it was this old quote that he found that said, You know, ideally, I would want to direct the first and the last Star Wars movie. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. But uh, I'm going to tell you like this, man. Like, I've lost all faith in George Lucas as uh, an ability to direct these movies. I'm sorry. And even though time has passed, you know, it's just... It was... He captured lightning in a bottle and and to all his credit, he, you know... Created the world, you know? Created the universe. Yeah. But, you know, when you think of the better, you know, Star Wars movies, he he had the, the smarts to hand it over to someone else. right? You know, and... He didn't do it writing and directing. Yeah, right. and then what you saw in, in the prequels was just uh, a man so kind of in his own vision and, and no one could say no to the guy because mm-hmm. he can do no wrong. And then just look what happens when no one challenges him. So that's the thing is if he is going to come back – and like I said, no one is even doing that. I'm just kind of right. entertaining the notion here. He's got to get someone that's going to be like, tell him, look – That stuff's not going to fly. You want to bring back Jar Jar? Nope. No, Jar Jar. (laughs)
1: Uh, He's Snoke. Jar Jar is Snoke, bro. That would be the twist.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So, but I got to tell you, let's talk about the the movie before this. And and it's just something that I'm not appreciating, which is, oh boy, the, the Blitz, the media advertising Blitz is just in full force. And I've managed to stay dark on the trailer and I'm seeing all these things at Target. I walk into Target and I see Ray with the Jedi lightsaber. I see someone- Stormtroopers, oh, like come
1: on, man! You can't avoid it. You can't go. You can't step out of your house it anymore, is Ron.
0: To be a fever pitch, and I tell you, it's only going to get worse. I was just mentioning to someone that it's actually only been one trailer, but I guarantee you, it's going to be on everything as we get into mm-hmm. November and particularly in December. So I got to be very careful about this. Yep, that's pretty funny though that you mentioned. You just go to Target and it's, <laughs> it's all up in your face. Yeah, the huge cardboard cutouts of uh, Captain Phasma and all this. Oh, so oh, yeah, you know yeah. that she's alive now. Well, I think it looks like her. So, you know, she don't got the chrome outfit, but it's very similar to her. <laughs> so
1: Let not. me ask you this uh, before we move on. Who would you uh, want as a director?
0: Would you want J.J. Abrams back? Um, no, not if really? he's... I'll tell you like this. Not if he's going to keep doing more like the same storyline. You know what I'm saying? Like, what if he would do Return of the Jedi in some alternate version? I don't want that. I want a brand new story. So, you know, but in terms of the execution, yes, he can absolutely do it. But I, I just would want a more original script. That's all. Okay. So, yeah.
1: Okay.
0: I feel you. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know off the top of my head. Like, what what kind of things would you look for in a, in a Star Wars director? I don't even know, right? Just the ability to take fantastic material. Yeah. What are the prerequisites? I'll put, like, Spielberg, maybe?
1: Oh, yeah. 100%. Um... 100%. <clears throat> maybe someone like David Fincher. That'd be cool. Nope. Uh, no? Nope. No. Wow, okay. he try to give it some weird twist. Okay. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. I would actually, honestly, I would put Rian Johnson back on there. I have faith that episode eight is going to be really good. And I loved all the episodes that he's done for Breaking Bad. He did, like, pretty much all the best ones. Um, and he has that unique vision or, like, that style to it. So, I would keep him, uh... And I imagine now that he's uh asking to do it again, I imagine, you know, why not, right?
0: Especially well, he, this Yeah, he didn't ask for it, but he said I loved it, I would be willing to do it again. But uh yeah, you never know. You know you know what's interesting? Some fans were actually asking the guy that directed
1: Kong, Skull Island, to jump in. <laughs> what? <laughs> right? <laughs> I didn't see this movie, but you guys didn't seem too high on it. It was fun. But I mean sometimes one movie is not a good example of the whole director's uh
0: repertoire so who knows yeah um all right well that's it for tv movie news uh let's get into video games and as we mentioned up top uh destiny 2 was released uh at 9 p.m pacific time on tuesday here in uh on the west coast and uh but today when we're recording is the actual release date And, uh, James, I want to start with you. And, uh, you know, I know you didn't go very far, so we're just going to make light impressions on it. But tell me what you think based on what you play and talk about, like, how far did you get into it? Uh, I didn't get too far,
1: uh, to be honest, maybe like an hour in. But uh, my first impression goes, I'm very, I'm very, I like it a lot. Um, So far, it starts with a bang. It's uh it seems very story focused, very campaign like, um, which what it was totally missing from the original Destiny. But and, and so far, what it's presented to me, I only made it to the first social space. By the way, the farm. Yeah. <coughs> um, I, I am loving this. Like, but with you know with like I just in my mind like w- with that said, I have not experienced any of the Destiny part yet, so I can't say if this is uh gonna hold my high praise the whole way round cuz technically I've literally just did the campaign part right in the beginning yeah. I haven't done like literally no none of the leveling I've just done just the shooting stuff and the set pieces yeah. and the story bits um so uh once I get into that I'll give a little deeper impression but as far as how it starts it's been great so far I wish this was how the first game was feels very halo like I know you could probably tell me a little bit more since you got farther, so what do you think?
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, it does feel campaign... I'm sorry, it does feel Halo-like in the campaign. I think you're going to have an absolute blast with the campaign. Um, One thing I love is how organic the storyline is uh, in terms of how you access the levels, and what I mean by that is in Destiny 1, you would just call up this little world map, and you would just press a button, and you would load into the level. Whereas in uh, Destiny 2 you go to different locations where it is specific that you started and where you have a reason to be going to initiate the story level. And that's how you're going to see the story. And there's a lot of fun characters. There's a lot of good dialogue. And you're going to have an absolute blast with the story. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Now, uh, actually, we, we just passed the campaign. And I can kind of report on what this game is going to look like because, you know, as we all know, Destiny is a game of of two phases or phases, I should say. One is you play through the storyline and the other is what you do afterwards. And um, I I would love to know if this is enough to keep you around, James, but what it's going to be is basically you're going to be continuing to do strikes um, to get gear. You have the ability to play uh, PvP or what they call crucible. You can get gear that way. You can go on these little adventures, um, and that's going to reset on a week-to-week basis. And then, of course, you're going to prepare yourself for the raid. So, you know, I don't know. I feel like knowing you, you don't like that repetition. You like a lot of new content unless it's very competitive. So I have a feeling that you're going to, once you kind of see everything that there is to see at least once, you probably may not stick. I would love to be proven wrong, but I have a feeling about it. That will really depend on
1: this raid that's coming out because if it requires me to grind like every day, that is something that probably won't make me stay. But we'll see. Maybe they'll make it accessible at least at a regular difficulty. Um, Let's just say by the end of campaign and maybe, I don't know, casually doing whatever... uh, I guess strikes or missions is required um to access the raid. I you know, I would love to see how that turns out, but I do want to play it, but I'm if it requires me to do a lot of grinding, I can wait until whatever the next expansion that will boost me, so. Yeah, <laughs> uh
0: I I can already tell you that I don't think that completing the campaign is going to put you in raid ready s- shape. Um so you're going to have to do some of the end game. But wasn't the,
1: that was the main point or whatever that the, the designer was saying that like barely anyone played the raid the first game. So they're going to make it easier to access in
0: this game. Uh, okay, what they meant by that is is you not having anyone to do it with and you finding people that are willing to show you the ropes and be patient if the group struggles so that 's what they're referring uh, to they 're not low match making yeah yeah, yeah. Not um, okay. not, it's it 's not quite matchmaking because it 's not randoms it 's people who have committed to be uh, sherpas sort of guides to take you into this and explain to you what it is, so that you have a group that 's not because what ends up happening is some people don 't know what to do this group doesn 't communicate well, and people get frustrated and they drop right, but when you have a group that 's going to be a little more patient with you. Uh, and you can find these groups uh, instead of going to a third-party service. Uh, that's what's going to be available to you. But you're going to have to play some Crucible. You're going to have to play some of the strikes and, and get a higher level gear to be ready. I already can tell you that even to play the Nightfall, which is kind of the higher level strike, I need to do a bit of grinding in terms of playing strikes to get better quality gear. So... You know, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I would love uh, for you to report on that next time and and see what you like. But I'll I'll tell you like this, James, uh, I'm willing to make a new character so that we could kind of co-op some of the story mission as well because I do eventually plan on making all three character classes. Uh, So, uh, yeah, so even though don't feel like you're going to be left out, James, even though, you know, we already passed the storyline.
1: I still feel like you'll max all three levels before I can max my one again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that may happen. That may happen. All right. Well, I'll be there for most of it. So we'll see how it goes. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, James, I want you to sort of take the lead on the game news because uh, unfortunately I didn't get a chance to sort of uh, brush up on any of these, but I will gladly offer my commentary on these.
1: Sure. So first announced news is seems like uh, the Xbox One or The creators of it are developing mouse and keyboard support. Um, It seems like they're trying to intentionally aim for the PC crowd to kind of uh, have this console accessible for them. And because a lot of uh, PC gamers uh, don't like the fact that they have to play on controller. Um, With that said, there has been issues of uh, fairness, which is uh, legible. I mean, like it makes sense because mouse and keyboard is infinitely more accurate than uh, controller. So basically, what the Designer said was, <coughs> excuse me, is that it's they're gonna give it up to the developers on how to, like they give them the tools that to allow that, and then it's up to developers how they want to balance it. So basically, they can make it, uh, for example, if it's a competitive type game, where it's controllers only, or uh, mouse keyboard versus mouse keyboard only, or maybe like an unranked, uh, sort of how Gears of War does it right now, where it's PC versus a console, where it's you you can uh, join against PC, but it'll be unranked. Uh, But to be fair, Gears of War isn't as accurate as a first-person shooter, uh, requires accuracy as much as that. So, it's really up to developers, but it's kind of a nice feature to have and it may bring in more of the PC crowd.
0: Yeah, Destiny is actually encountering some of this with its PC version. Well, it's not out yet, it's going to be out in October, but there's some discussions already of, like, well, wait a second, some people are going to be allowed to plug in controllers and some people are going to use their mouse and keyboard. How's that going to be fair? So I'm I'm curious about this, which is, do you think this means that this is more leaning towards the Xbox One X getting these really high-quality PC ports, and uh, that's why they want to encourage people to use that? Well, I would say more um, PC-specific games that are normally
1: not on console, like RTSs or strategy games. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. And also them. for
1: shooting games, like like I mentioned, people that complain about controller, they will get them more to jump on a system. As they can get like kind of a <clears throat> high end PC like experiences for half the price.
0: Well, this isn't something that I'm particularly interested in. I've never been a PC guy and so I have zero clue how to actually control a game with a mouse and keyboard. So it's not gonna be for me, so but it's interesting that it's there.
1: Yeah. The next news is that uh Resident Evil 7, I know you beat this, it's coming out with a free story DLC that features Chris Redfield. Um, So I'm not sure if you're excited about that, if you like the game or not, but it is free content that's coming December 14th. And it features your favorite Resident Evil character,
0: Buff Chris Redfield. You said the magic word, which is free because I was already going to hesitate because I haven't touched this game since I passed it like in January, February which I love the game, but uh, it's been a while. But if it's free, I may check it out. Um, Sounds like something to play on the on the holiday break, you know, so I'll, I'll give yeah. it a shot. Whenever you're tired of Destiny. I'm, I'm surprised it's free. Why, what do you think is going on
1: there? I think because it got delayed so long. It was announced a long time ago, but never came out. And I guess they just could release it for free. Why not? Okay, all right. Yeah. Probably because I think maybe because they're probably going to do like a all-in-one collection, and that's just going to be part of it. Yeah. I believe, I believe. Next set of news is uh, NBA 2K, my favorite series, uh, announced what they call Run the Neighborhood Mode. So basically, this game has turned into a giant MMO uh, slash Grand Theft Auto. It's pretty much like Grand Theft Auto Online now. So if you make a My My Player Mode, you're in this big social space where like hundreds of live players are walking around. They have their own custom players. And it's uh, very... GTA, like, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) where if you need to get stronger, you have to go to a gym, and then you do, like, little workout mini-games. You can go, like, hang out and just do, like, fun things, like get drinks. You can buy little bicycles so you can roll around. And you could play the uh, My Park stuff where, like, you you challenge people on the streets. It's a cool little addition that they're adding more content to this uh, series, and it looks like they're evolving that portion of the game. They seem to be focusing a lot on the my player stuff nowadays so i think that's where the money is uh because that's where they do all the esports, um which is on my player that's probably where they get the most money because you have to grind or you can pay money to uh level up a little quicker so that's why i guess they're focusing a lot on it but it looks great
0: all right well i don't play that game so uh right let let us know how it is
1: (laughs) (laughs) and last bit of news capcom is releasing a new uh Puzzle Fighter. Puzzle Fighter used to be this old game on PS1 where it's kind of like a Puyo Puyo match 3 style uh drop game. But <laughs> they're releasing a new uh version of it, I guess on uh mobile devices, but it's going to include all Capcom characters, not just um Street Fighter. So, what do you think of that?
0: Okay, I like the idea of it, which is uh This is a game that can be easily done on a handheld. I like the aspect of new characters. But I'm not a fan of the art style. And what it is, is the older games had little pixel graphics um, because it was a PS1 game. But they're going with this little kind of... looks like cheap cell phone game graphics. It's the best way for me to describe it. And so they're still in their super deformed small mode. But it just... It looks terrible there's it doesn't have a particular art style it's as if you smoothed over the old retro look with you know a a modern game engine um as opposed to taking a stylish take on it so i'm very turned off by it um and if it's gonna be a free to play that's already gonna turn me off as well because you know it's going to be like okay, you can only do this amount, and you hit a certain point in which you cannot no longer play the game unless you spend money. There, it's but don't just you still play that WWE Gem game too? No, sir. I I <laughs> I stopped on that one because when I realized that no matter how much I played it, I could never buy any of other character. Mm, you know, I see. there's there, I could literally unlock no other characters, um, other than what. Yeah, I had, like, Roman Reigns. I had, you know, but it's just anything fun, anything cool that I wanted, I had to pay money for it. And, you know, like, I'm not opposed to paying money for a game, but, you know, and you've seen me complain about this. I want to pay a fee and get everything, not, like, just get one thing. I
1: feel you. Makes sense. But I guess this is how they make money, so it's a common
0: trend. Yes, unfortunately. Yeah, that's it for news that's it for news and you know what that's going to be it for the episode relatively short episode for this week but we'll be back next week with some logan lucky discussions and a little more in-depth discussion on destiny 2 and of course mondo will be back and fully awake from his nap just
1: like to apologize i am still a little sick as you can tell so my voice has been breaking during this episode uh so hopefully you bared with me